98K News. It's one o'clock on Benchade Headlines. MTR services return to normal after a morning of disruption by anti-extradition protesters. 77 people are injured as two double-decker buses collide on a, bus, a busy highway. And Carrie Lam's popularity rating plummets to the lowest level ever for a chief executive. MTR services are returning to normal this lunchtime after a morning of severe disruption due to protests on the Kuntong and Island lines. Services between Tiokangleng and Kuntong were suspended for more than three hours after people heeded calls to prevent trains from leaving. Later, disruptive actions at North Point forced the suspension of services between Causeway Bay and Quarry Bay. Passengers faced long waits for shuttle buses on the suspended routes, and trains ran slower than usual elsewhere. Passengers had a mixed reaction to the disruption. Passenger Meg Lau said she was fortunate not to have to rush to work as she is retired, but she didn't agree with what the protesters were doing. They did something wrong. Something they are right, they have their reason, but something really wrong. That's it. No 100% right, no 100% wrong. But they won't listen. They never see something. They are very young, they cannot see the full picture. That's it. Because they just only 20 years or late 20 years, right? At North Point, this commuter said she was not too bothered by the disruption and supports the protesters. It's not affecting too badly. Well, I did call back to the office saying, well, I'm stuck in the line, but then this is what we have to do to see if anybody's really going to listen to us. The government is going to finally listen to us because I think there's nothing else that we can do now except to try to slow down the economy a little bit because Hong Kong is all about the economy. So you have sympathy with uh, the people doing it? I am with the people. Isaac Nan said he joined this morning's protest because the MTR Corporation failed to stop a gang of white-shirted men from assaulting passengers at the Yunlong station on July 20th. He believes the action is reasonable. We need to do some echo to the public to let them know um, the MTR station, the MTR company is um, totally ignoring the people, the safety of the people. And um, I think um, if this is only one day in a month or two days or three days, it's totally fine. And this is not a um, very serious problem. The Secretary for Transport and Housing, Frank Chan, said protesters were wrong to dismiss rail services. He urged people to use other means to express their discontent. 77 people have been injured in a crash between two double-decker buses just outside the Thailand Tunnel. A city bus and a KMB bus were involved in the accident at about 8.30 a.m. this morning. All of the injuries were reported to be minor. A new survey shows that Chief Executive Carrie Lam's popularity has plummeted to historic lows, with 70% of respondents disapproving of her work. The poll is conducted every fortnight by former University of Hong Kong pollster Robert Chung and his Public Opinion Research Institute. It found that respondents gave Mrs. Lam a score of just 30.1 marks out of 100 two weeks ago, down 3.3 percentage points from the last poll. This is the lowest grade ever for a chief executive. Mr. Chung noted that the survey was done before the attacks at Yunlong MTR station a week ago. If we had done this survey a few days later after the uh, Yunlong incident, all the figures would be even poorer than we have just seen. So that is just an, uh, an intelligent guess. 
But with the situation further deteriorates, and I think we just do not know. And we just hope that the government would do something wiser and quicker. Indonesia says it has returned five shipping containers full of illegally imported waste to Hong Kong. Jakarta has also sent two containers back to France in the latest move by a Southeast Asian nation to send rubbish back to a wealthy place of origin. Officials in Indonesia said they contain plastic waste and hazardous materials as well as garbage. Huge quantities of waste have been sent to countries such as Malaysia, Indonesia and the Philippines since the mainland closed its doors to waste from elsewhere early this year. A human rights group says that the Philippines is the deadliest place in the world for environmental activists and land defenders. A report by Global Witness says 30 people were murdered there last year defending their homes, land and natural resources. Ben Leather is the report's author. The Philippines traditionally has been one of the most dangerous places on earth to be a land rights or environmental activist and that's partly down to historic land rights issues. Uh, indigenous communities are marginalized, their communities are militarized and effectively businesses are, are allowed to carry out bad practices without being held accountable. A Pakistani military aircraft has crashed in a residential area of the city of Rapalpindi, killing all five crew members and 12 civilians. An army statement said another 12 civilians were injured. The aircraft was on a training flight when it crashed and set off a fire. A newspaper website showed a building engulfed in flames. The U.S.-based financial services company Capital One has revealed that the personal details of over 100 million individuals in North America have been stolen. The hacked data includes names, addresses and phone numbers of people who applied for credit card products. The U.S. Justice Department says a former Seattle technology company software engineer, Paige Thompson, has been arrested in connection with the breach and charged with computer fraud. One of the richest and most high-profile rulers in the Middle East is taking his estranged wife to court today in London. In a case that has attracted worldwide attention, Sheikh Mohammed al-Maktoum, the ruler of Dubai, is petitioning Princess Haya over the welfare of their children. The BBC's Frank Gardner reports. Princess Haya, a half-sister of the King of Jordan, fled Dubai for London earlier this year, and friends said she was living in fear of reprisals. Her husband, Sheikh Mohammed al-Maktoum, a huge figure in the horse racing world whose wealth is estimated at over three billion pounds, has penned an angry poem accusing an unnamed woman of betrayal and treachery. A close confidant of Princess Haya says she recently discovered the facts behind the alleged forcible return to Dubai last year of one of the ruler's daughters. A third member of Sheikh Mohammed's court fled in 2001 and was allegedly abducted in Cambridge and flown back to Dubai. President Trump has again raised eyebrows by claiming he went to the collapsed World Trade Towers in New York after the attacks on September the 11th. He made the allegations as he signed a bill ensuring lifelong medical help for rescue crews. Many of those affected were firefighters, police officers and other first responders. And I was down there also. But I'm not considering myself a first responder. But I was down there. I spent a lot of time down there with you. Mr. Trump has previously claimed he had helped clear rubble. There's no evidence to support his claims. U.S. senators have failed in the latest bid to block President Trump's deal to sell weapons to Saudi Arabia. Congress wants the deal cancelled, citing Saudi Arabia's role in the killing of the journalist Jamal Khashoggi and the widespread killing of civilians in the war in Yemen. But the White House says the arms are vital to help the Saudis confront the regional military threat posed by Iran. 
The American Secretary of State Mike Pompeo says the U.S. plans to start withdrawing troops from Afghanistan before the presidential election in November next year. Mr. Pompeo described his directive from President Trump as unambiguous and the endless wars. We want them to take their country back, and we want to reduce what is for us uh, tens of billions of dollars a year in expenditures and enormous risk. We think there's a path to reduce violence, achieve reconciliation, and still make sure that American counterterrorism effort in Afghanistan has a value and the potential to reduce risk here in the States. The U.S. negotiator Zalmay Khalizad has intensified bilateral peace talks with Taliban militants this year. Both sides have expressed optimism that they're close to an agreement. The police chief of the Californian town of Gilroy has said the speedy reaction of his officers prevented considerable bloodshed at a food festival on Sunday. Three people were shot dead by a gunman with an assault rifle. The BBC's Dave Lee reports. Police Chief Scott Smithy praised the reaction time of three officers who were able to stop 19-year-old Santino Legan from causing any more bloodshed. Investigators believe Legan purchased what they described as an AK-47-like weapon earlier this year in Nevada, the state neighbours California, and has less strict gun laws. Police said they were still looking into the possibility the shooter had an accomplice, but that they had few details on that other than witness reports. The British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has pledged to go the extra thousand miles to strike a new Brexit deal. During his first visit to Scotland since taking office, the Prime Minister said the existing withdrawal agreement negotiated with European leaders was dead. Scotland's First Minister Nicola Sturgeon said that despite his bluff and bluster, Mr Johnson had set the UK on an almost inevitable path to a no-deal Brexit. I think that is extremely dangerous uh, for Scotland, uh, indeed for the whole of the UK. We know from the work we've done, the impact that would have on jobs, uh, on the economy, on our universities, on almost every uh, aspect of society in Scotland. And I think it is incumbent on all of us who think that that is the wrong outcome to do everything we possibly can to block it. At least 52 prisoners have been killed in fighting between rival factions in a jail in Brazil. It's reported that 16 of the victims were decapitated in the violence in the northern state of Pará. The BBC's Daniel Gallas has more. 52 people dead in a very violent uh, war between criminal uh, gangs. They briefly held a few of the prison officers, but they released them, and all of the confirmed dead are inmates. This prison in Altamira, it's split between two rival gangs that pretty much control organized crime in the south of Brazil. So gangs inside prison control uh, what happens outside prison, and every once in a while there are some of violent clashes. To financial news now, Chinese and U.S. negotiators are meeting in Shanghai today to resurrect trade talks between the world's two biggest economies. But both sides are playing down the likelihood of an imminent deal to end the trade dispute. The negotiations will be the first face-to-face discussion since negotiations collapsed in May, when U.S. President Donald Trump accused Beijing of reneging on its commitments. The credit rating agency Fitch is warning that some of the assumptions underpinning Hong Kong's sovereign rating are being tested, including the effectiveness of the SAR's governance and its rule of law. The agency said continuing social unrest and an apparent rise in distrust of the government risked damaging business confidence and eroding the quality and effectiveness of governance. Last month, it affirmed Hong Kong's AA-plus rating, the second highest on its scale and three notches above the mainland. Thank <laughs> you.
A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 28,191. That's 83 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $35 billion. And in currencies, the U.S. dollar is trading at 108.65 yen. The euro is standing at 1 U.S. dollar and 11 cents. The pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 50 cents. And to sports now, here's Joanne Wong. Starting with football, police in Brazil say they've closed their investigation into rape allegations against a football star, Neymar. The Sao Paulo Attorney General's office said the case has been suspended due to a lack of evidence. Neymar has denied the allegation by a Brazilian woman who said he forced her to have sex in a Paris hotel. Gareth Bale has pulled out of Real Madrid's trip to Munich for a preseason tournament. As understood, Bale is not in the right mental state to play after Real President Florentino Perez prevented him from joining Jiangsu Suning. The BBC's David Ornstein has been following the developments. Gareth Bale hasn't been given an official reason why Florentino Perez, the Real Madrid president, pulled the plug on that deal. But it is understood that Perez decided that he was not happy with not receiving a transfer fee, which would have been the situation with the Chinese club laying out so much money on his salary. Um, and therefore, the deal is off and it leaves Gareth Bale and Real Madrid in a very difficult situation. And there's no other alternative in China, certainly not before the deadline. Um, Gareth Bale is under contract until 2022. Zinedine Zidane has no relationship with him anymore. He doesn't want him to be there. And what has happened here on behalf of Florentino Perez has really put a spanner in the works. They're going to have to try and find some resolution to this. Otherwise, they're going to have a multi-million pound a week player sitting in the stands. We don't even know when he'll be back to training if he's not in the right mental state. Um, there really is no clear solution to this, but it does seem from what we're told that he will be at Real Madrid beyond the end of the transfer window. Cricket and Thursday's Ashes Test between England and Australia and Birmingham not only marks the resumption of one of sport's oldest rivalries, but also the start of a new World Test Championship. It'll see nine countries, Australia, Bangladesh, South Africa, Pakistan, England, New Zealand, India, Sri Lanka and the West Indies play 71 matches in 27 series over the next two years. England's Director of Men's Cricket, Ashley Giles, hopes it'll give a boost to the longest form of the game. The popularity of the shorter forms, T20 particularly, has put Test cricket more and more under pressure. So anything we can do to protect Test cricket, which is very important for us and should be for, for world cricket, uh, is a great thing. Finally, swimming five-time Olympic champion Dana Vollmer has announced that she'll be leaving competitive swimming after this week's U.S. National Championships. The 31-year-old overcame heart surgery as a teenager to win gold at the 2004 Olympics and set a world record on the way to winning the 100-meter butterfly at the 2012 Games. She said it's time for her to focus on new goals and opportunities. And that's your sport. And that's the news from RTHK.